Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. Raised on the Radio has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, True Nutrition has you covered. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all of the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in C-E-P-N in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It is that easy. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect with you. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social medias. You can reach us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a new website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to raisedontheradiostl.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, do not hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair in Zoomland as usual. And um, we're going to start this episode on a bummer note again. Um, I don't know if it was the last episode. No, I guess it was several episodes ago. We talked about Jeff Burton and we talked about him quite a bit on the episode about the impact he has had on the radio industry, the impact he's had on a lot of bands things of that nature Uh, we talked about how he was going on hospice and stuff like that Um, and unfortunately he has passed away um, just a couple of days ago and it still doesn't feel real I I literally um, I mean I know you're on Facebook now but I I still imagine you're not like on it very often and I I don't know who you're friends with um, that may be connected to it but I literally had to stay off Facebook for a couple of days uh, just because I, I didn't, I didn't want to see. I, I knew there was going to be an overflow of people posting pictures with him and stuff like that, and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I just I had I had to stay away from it for a couple of days just to kind of let the situation breathe. And yeah, so what? what uh, have you seen a lot on Facebook? Are you friends with a lot of people who are connected to him? I've seen a lot everywhere. A lot yeah, everywhere. I mean it. it, it it is a true testament to what a what type of dude that dude was and right how how appreciated he was and how loved he was i mean yeah everyone under the sun i mean it, it, it i'm going to say this and i i mean no disrespect okay but I, it needs to be said number 1 obviously his radio his radio peers posting about him industry peers posting about him bands posting about him but then also fans Mm-hmm. posting about him pictures with them and and a lot of the fans posts were you know 
they, they were they were positioned in a way like they knew Jeff, right? Personally, they didn't. Yeah, they just know him from the radio, but they listen to him every day. Yeah, you and that's what a guy I, every day on the radio. You yeah, feel like you get to know him. Yeah, that's so, what I was gonna say. That I mean, we talked about that before too. Is like when you listen to somebody every single day and you hear their per- about their personal lives constantly, you feel like you know them. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, I'm not I'm not saying this to be a shithead. You know, well, I saw those posts and I go that that's the kind of impact he made. Yeah. You know. Well, let me ask you this, and this might be a weird question, but. This, the reason why I ask this question is because on the Rizzuto show, I've heard them talk about this a lot. Um, when it comes to somebody passing away, yeah. Do if you post a picture with a person who passed away, does that somehow make that about you now? Like, does that post make it about you? And and they've talked about this on the Rizzuto show. So they and, actually talked about that? Well, I don't know about with Jeff. Uh, I haven't listened to it in oh. a week or so, but... I'm saying in the past when a celebrity has died or something like that, they will, they have talked about, it's kind of weird that if you post a picture with that person after they passed away and then, and then somehow make, cause it, it kind of makes the post seem like it's, it's about how you feel about the situation, not about that person. And I I don't, I don't, I mean, it is, but I don't necessarily no, know that it's a bad thing or that people are personally trying to make it about them. You know what I mean? Well, no, no, no it is. It's no, it is. That's what social media is. <laughs> I'm, yeah. It's, vo- yeah. it's, vo- it's voyeuristic yes, in nature. Is. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. Right. In times of happiness, in times of sadness, in times of life, like someone's just been born and in times of death. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say, yes, I agree with them. And I agree with that, that sentiment I, you, with Jeff, you know, the argument would be made in a good way, not in a bad way. Right. There's no debate, but I mean, the argument could be made that is he really a celebrity or is he just one of us? Meaning yeah. he was, you know, I think people felt like he was just your everyday sort of your dude. He was your homie. Yeah. He was a guy. Um. So I think they felt compelled to, oh yeah, I got a picture with Jeff. Let me go ahead and share that now, whatever. I mean, it's, I did not, cause I actually had to think about it. And I'm like, I wonder if I go back in time, is there, and there were, you know, I didn't post anything like that. I just, it didn't feel, it didn't feel, that's just the way my brain works. It didn't feel, it didn't feel right. It would have been genuine, but it, it didn't feel right. I was going to use the word genuine, but that's not the right right word. It wouldn't feel right uh, because I haven't had a conversation with the guy in many, many years. Yeah, unfortunately, but I just haven't. Right. Um, well, one of one of so, the yeah, no, I I didn't, and and whatever. I, to each their own. I mean, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, I'm not I'm not to trying to bash anybody or anything like that. I was just no, I curious know. on your point of view. Does it does it seem like it's about you? One of the real, the really good things that I liked. Let me stop you real quick. Go ahead. Let me stop you real quick. Good. <laughs> if I'm in an airport and I meet Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. if I like stop and be like, Stone Cold, can I get a picture? Yeah, but I mean, you know, and then two weeks later he dies and I post that picture. Eh. You met him for two minutes in an airport. Right. You didn't. With Jeff, like I said, he was an everyday part of your he was a part of your everyday life here in the city. 
So, it, but I get what you're saying. It feels yeah. a little bit less about you if it's Jeff, a little bit more about you if it's a celebrity celebrity. And I, again, I mean, no disrespect. Jeff was a celebrity yeah, in his own right. But, right. you know, I just think it's, it's, yeah, I think there, there, there's a distinction to be made there between celebrity and whatever Jeff is to you. Right. And I mean you and then anybody else listening, whatever he was to you, there's a huge distinction to be made between that and getting your picture taken with fucking Pete Davidson. Right. Or Kanye or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Kanye is a big one. I don't know if he would ever take a picture with anybody, but anyway, <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> he would need to be the anyway. only one in the picture of any picture he's ever been in. I think Yeah, you don't see him in pictures with people, do you? It's always him moping. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, what I was going to say is that what I'm glad that I got to listen to was over the past couple of weeks, Jeff has actually been able to be on like the Rizzuto show. Like they were able to give him like the home kit to where he could set up the right, computer. Right. Um, you could definitely. I would imagine you could, that'd be harder to listen to than anything. You could definitely. have been. You could t- like. You could tell his wits were still there, like like he was still cracking jokes. He was still do yeah. he was still Jeff for sure, but you could tell just in his voice that the decline was happening. Sure. And um I don't know, did you know that he did another podcast too? The Blues podcast? Yeah. So he does another yeah. he does the la- or did the last minute blues podcast with Donnie Fandango and Jamie Rivers, which I listen to religiously. I really like it. But he he was able to do that podcast um a week or two ago also. Same thing. You could really hear the decline in his voice and stuff, but he was still cracking jokes and all that kind of stuff too. So it just, it feels good to know that he went out being Jeff, you know, he, yeah. he was, he was always positive and, you know, had good vibes going, you know, all the way until the last breath, I guess. Yeah, no, that's the way to go. Yeah. That's the way you would want everybody to go. Right. Especially if they have, if they have things like that, that they contribute in everyday life, like jokes and, you know, one liners and in a witty attitude and just overall positivity. And, um, yeah, you really hope that for anybody who, well, and and not even people, I mean, they could be, I, I, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, someone who has a spark to give to other people, you know, perhaps it makes their day better. You want to see them to be able to do that until the very end. So, yeah, man. um, I mean, even to, even to look at it, and this is probably cheesy, but even to look at it as to know what the situation is that he's in and he's still positive and then looking at your own life and like, is it, are things really that bad? Well, dude, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not a person that does that. At least I try not to, but I know people do. And I don't know whether it's right or wrong, but I get it. Yeah, I get it. I just don't do that because I think it's for me. And this is just me. This is just me. I feel like that's a, an easy way out in a sense. Okay. To look at someone else's life and yeah. go, well, that could be me. You know? Yeah. Because if they were successful and full of life and healthy as a fucking horse and they had, everything they ever wanted in life, you wouldn't go, well, that could be me. Right. Most people will go, man, I don't have that. You know, like, yeah, I can see some that. people go, how do I get that? And some people go, fuck that guy. He's a douchebag. He's got everything he needs. Right. Like, 
So, but I get it. I get it. I just, I just try, I try not to do that. And I can tell you what, if there's, and this is just, again, this is a guess. There's a person who didn't do that. It was Jeff. I think Jeff lived by his own march to the beat of his own fucking drum. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I'm going to say rock in peace. Yeah. I like that. But uh, it's a bummer, but it's always, it's always better. And it's always easier when you know the person is going to go. And then he was able to kind of give you one last little bit of who he was, you know, when it's a sudden sort of like a fuck. That sucks, but uh, it's actually interesting. Yeah. Um, you say rock in peace. Do you did you hear about um, Justin from Blue October flying in and surprising him? Um, I, I think don't, I may have read something about that on Twitter or something. Okay, I know. I don't. I don't know if you if you knew the connection there. Like, I know they're pretty good friends. And uh, Jeff, believe it or not, gave me a bunch of weird blue October import CDs and like deep track, deep cut, like mixed CDs he had. Really? Yeah. Because he conversation happened and I was like, yeah, I don't really know anything about them other than that hate me song. And he was like, yeah, it's fucking unacceptable. <laughs> and he, I still have them. I still so, have them. So basically he did to you what you do to me all the time. He's like, dude, yeah. that this is unacceptable. Get on this now. <laughs> and I really didn't know who they, I really knew nothing about them. Yeah. I knew they had that one song. Right. Um, but yeah, he gifted me these, just this collection of just weird, like deep cuts, like not hits, like not their, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I forgot about that. Had you not mentioned Blue October, I, I'm an asshole. I never would have thought about that. Well, I, th- I think they became friends back when Justin was really deep into... So a lot of, you know, the hardcore stuff. And I think, you know, Jeff was kind of a shoulder to lean on through a lot of that. And, you know, for the fact that he, that Justin flew out here and surprised him is really freaking cool. Yeah. What a badass dude. I mean, that's like, again, that's a testament to how cool, cool of a dude Jeff was. Absolutely. You know? Yep. You, you, he, he made his mark on people. Mm -hmm. And I think like in this life, if you can do that, whatever your version of success is fine. But if you can, again, make your, leave your mark with people and they remember you for being a positive contributor to whatever, forget society, just life, you know, mm-hmm. whatever six feet around you is, if they contributed positively to that, then, you know, that's, I think that's the most important thing. Right. I think we take shit like that for granted too. So. Right. And again, I don't think, again, just a guess. I don't think Jeff did. I don't you either. Know? Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't like speaking for him like I, we were best friends, like I know his thoughts, but right. Uh, yeah, man. Well, so, like, like you said, rock and peace and yep. gr- uh, you know positive vibes and thoughts and everything to his family. I'm sure it's a very rough time right now, but uh, and I... I as I said, I've seen on social media, they're getting ungodly amounts of love from everyone. Of course. So that, that's a good thing. Of course. But uh, well, I, I do have a, I do have a, um, just a kind of a segue here from Okay, that. I was going to say, there's no easy way to transition out of that. 
Well, there there kind well, of is. Ahead. So we were, you know we were talking about Justin and we were talking about um, the impact that he had on Jeff and like I'm wondering, have you ever listened to a band, not really, du- you know, dug in or not really a huge fan of the music, but then you hear an interview or something with the lead singer or something, and that changes your mind or that makes you go back and listen to the music again. Have you, do you, can you think of an instance where that's happened? An interview. Um, or something of that nature. I mean, any, if anything that you've, a story that you've heard of a lead singer doing something really freaking cool and you're like, well, maybe I should give their music another chance. Like, is that, is that connection ever happened for you? That's top of my head. No, I don't think so. Well, okay. I mean, I did send you a clip last week or something of an interview with Ronnie Radke. Yeah. Now it didn't make me go listen to their music. It did make me appreciate him a little bit more. Uh, just for getting, just for getting through the interview in a, in a, in a positive way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He handled a really, really stupid question a lot better than I would have. Yeah. That was from incarceration too, right? Or incarceration, however you say it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So. Yeah, he handled that better than I think most people would because, again, the 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 question and just the the overall vibe of the interview was really dumb. Yeah, I don't know about hearing them and then going to listen to the music. I, I really have to think about that, man. That's tough. I know that's happened, but I know I've heard people. It's gone the opposite way for me, where someone's interviewed or I've heard someone talking about their. Well, I can tell you a major one. Uh, and this is, this is, I stand by this rage against the machines. First two records are their royalty to me. They're two of the best, the best records made in the history of music. Okay. However, hearing any one of those guys speak to anyone in the media is it's nails on a chalkboard to me. Oh, really? They are the worst. And Tom Morello is the worst of them all. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. And I'll tell you the specific instance I'm talking about. So there's this video. You can find it on YouTube, but they were playing like a festival in like Sweden or something. And the interviewer was trying to ask them about the political nature of their music. And they were so condescending and so rude to this person who, by the way, is Swedish, who by all things considered doesn't need to fucking care about American politics. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck. You know, mm-hmm. but it's the interesting thing about your band. It's the people that it's the thing that people know about your band. So he's doing his job, right? He's informing his audience who you are. And they were just so rude and condescending and just forgive me. They were cunts to this guy. <laughs> and I just was like, man, that sucked. And then, so after I saw that, I being the shithead that I am, went down a rabbit hole on YouTube and kept finding all these oh, interviews where they were doing the same thing. I was like, oh man, that sucks. But they will never make me hate those two records. Those are just, it's, it's. Well, I mean, I know there, there's been several bands, whether, I don't know if you told me on the show or not, but where you've told me stories about like either the lead singer or certain band members are doing different things at festivals and all that. And then I, that's kind of shied me away from listening to what their music. I said that. 
Yeah, like you told me about um, like a certain lead singer who was on the bus with some younger girls and allegedly allegedly um you know and then, i never said i knew that and then of course there's the the situations like lost profits that we've talked about oh uh you know uh ter- terrible situations but i like their music uh, up until i you know learned about that kind of stuff yeah well it's interesting we, we've t- we've had this conversation before can you separate the art from the person right and sometimes it's difficult. And sometimes, have you watched the new Andrew Schultz special yet? No, I haven't had a chance to yet. So one of the bits that they wanted to cut out of that, which is the reason why he bought it back and released it himself, is he has a bit about Michael Jackson, about how much he loves his music. And basically, I'm butchering the joke, but basically he's like, what I learned is that essentially he didn't touch enough little boys for me to stop liking his music or something along those lines. I gotcha. Um, Fine. It's good. You got to, I butchered I mean, I did a horrible disservice to his standup. Like I I should be shot, but so (laughs) yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to do that. And some, like I can't listen to lost profits. I want to. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. Their first two records. That was like, a huge part of like a specific period in time for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were another one of those bands. I just remember like every time I was at a party, their music was on them and Wiz Khalifa was a big one. A day to remember was a big one. It, you know, I always associated them with partying. So like, but yeah, I can't do it, man. That's just, you know, and, and it sucks for the other dudes in that band who perhaps didn't know this dude was doing all the fucking gross shit he was doing, but right. Well, sorry, you're not in my disc. uh, You know, you're not in my catalog anymore. Lost profits. Right. Well, the original question I asked was because I think podcasts are helping now with people doing that. Like you hear in like, um, so a topic we wanted to talk about was Caleb from bear tooth was on the punk rock NBA podcast. Yeah. Which I've, I've been a Beartooth fan for the, at least the last couple of records. I've dove back a little farther and listened to a little bit older stuff. But uh, I think I think you're even newer to being a Beartooth fan than I am, which really surprised me. But he was on the Punk Rock NBA podca- or podcast, and uh, I really liked the interview that he did with uh, with McKinty. And he even back to uh he was talking about like his attack attack days and stuff and i actually downloaded some attack attack just to listen to it because i'd never actually listened to it before um god bless you yeah but it's just interesting to hear the connection that he makes um you downloaded attack attack or you yes i did i downloaded i'm a terrible person you know this by now yeah 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 i don't know how many fucking times we have to have the same (laughs) conversation go on what are you saying (laughs) Anyways, um, I, I really liked the interview that he did, but one of the topics that he talked about that we, I don't think we've talked about before, but the somebody who are a band or a musician or whoever, the, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, the phenomenon, I guess, of whenever they're on drugs or 
you know, do, doing things behind behind closed doors, records seem to be better than when they get sober. When they get sober, they it's almost like they not that they lose the creativity, but that I don't know that it, it just some, some yeah the edge goes away right. So and he he had talked about too because he's sober now, which yeah. I mean the new stuff that he's put out since he became sober I freaking love I re- you know so this is probably a different scenario and it may depend on the genre of music too with this but I'm curious do you know can you think off the top of your head of some musicians or bands or anybody who just kind of had a decline after they got sober. That's another one where I'm like top of my head. No, I can't. Yeah. I don't know, man. Okay. I, I, I've heard that before and I don't necessarily buy it. Uh, now I, I do, I do. Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is I do think that there are bands or singers who didn't make it out alive and if they would have gone sober, I think it would have taken a different direction. Okay, like who? Like, say, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's an extreme example or not, but... That's a very extreme example, but it's 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 a noteworthy one because a lot of people do talk about, well, would Nirvana have existed into the 2000s, you know, because grunge went away. You know, grunge went away, post-grunge came in, then new metal came in. and Right. What would it have done to Nirvana? Now, I am under the belief that when you're a band that is that big and you made such a fucking impact on music like they did, I think they would have been okay if that dude, I'm sober now, right? Yeah. I no longer have this angst. I'm going to write songs about clean living or whatever the case, I think it would have been just fine. Do you think it's because of the fault, fo- the big, the massive following they already had the massive fans. They already had to do was a fucking kick ass songwriter. Gotcha. I think he just would have wrote, continued to write good songs. You can't like, I get, and well, Caleb's a, a good example of like clean or sober. That dude fucking writes hooks, man. Those yeah. vocal hooks are you, they're undeniable to yeah. me anyway. So like, I don't think the hooks had anything to do with the fact that the dude was a boozer before. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that was the case. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he could not write unless he was fucking under the influence. Very possible. Hey man, when I'm writing music, I like to catch a buzz first. I get it. Yeah. I've been there. Um, but is that but, for but is that for the the uh, the music side of it or the lyrical side of it, or both? Your fucking lyrics. Um, well, no, I'm asking. You like both. to catch a buzz, so do you? Do you? If you, do you like to do that? Just if you're trying to sit down and write, like trying to come up with lyrics for a song that you already have the music for, or to come up with a a hook or something like that. You know what I'm? You know, like either or, either okay. or. I don't think it matters. Okay. I've never. I've never. I've I've never detached the two from each other. You know, I've always yeah. considered them to be, you know. Um, I'm trying to find like, okay, these 19 musicians are sober and proud of it. Lana Del Rey, Shania Twain, Tyler the Creator. 
<laughs> Eminem, <laughs> Chris Martin, Jennifer Lopez. All right, where is somebody who was known? Okay. Anyway, uh, 10 rock and metal musicians who got sober. Let's check this out. So that's what we need. We need got sober, not are sober. Got sober. Alice Cooper, Nina Strauss, Anthony Kiedis. Oh, Anthony Kiedis. There's a good one. That's a good one. Didn't seem to impact him at all. Yeah, that's true. I would argue that they got bigger after he got sober. Yeah. You think he was sober back when he was helping set fires in Woodstock 99? He was sober then. At least he claimed to be. I think he was sober okay. by then. Okay. Well, dang, that, that was 23 years ago. I think. Hmm. Uh, Anthony Kiedis. Randy Blythe. Ooh, that's a good one, too. So that's the vocalist from Lamb of God. Okay. That's a good one, too. Uh, Slash. Jonathan Davis. There's another good one. Uh, you know, Corn was known as a drinking band. Like, if you went on tour with Corn, you best be ready to fucking drink. Yeah. And they were never like boozers, like, let me fucking shoot some Jaeger and fucking, you know, like they were just beer drinkers. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, it, it eventually catches up with you if you're doing it night after fucking night. I would argue again, like, I don't know when he got sober. I would have to watch this video, but I think he did okay afterwards, right? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Zach Wilde, Rob Halford, Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor is a good one. You know what? And yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of the ones like you're naming, I'm curious if the they just got sober because they're touring most of their life, and at a certain point, your body just won't do it anymore. It's really hard to be to do it in moderation on tour. I'm sure it is, but I mean, I mean, if you're a vocalist, you you have to like find a way to to toe the line. Yeah, but it's funny you mentioned that or it's funny we're on that topic. So I went and saw Beartooth two weekends ago, not last weekend. Was it last weekend? I can't. It was last weekend. Oh, before before you talk about that too, did the Incubus show get canceled? Yeah. Was it something to do with the lead singer's back or something? Because originally I don't think they said anything about it. And then I just seen a post. They canceled three dates. Um, and then I seen a post from, I think, Incubus yesterday that said that his back is still hurting, but not enough to keep him away from doing this next show. I missed that. Well, they're going to try to reschedule. Uh, so when did you find out? The day of? Day before. Day before? That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know you've seen him like a thousand times, but still, yeah, it's like... a lot of money. Yeah, oh, really? Because I was, yeah, I was treating people that came into town for it. Oh man, that sucks. Big Incubus fans. So, are you going to keep the tickets for a reschedule, or are you going to re- get them refunded? I'm keeping them for now. Okay. And I got a weird email from StubHub being like, "Yeah, you can get points." I'm like, "No, no, no, no! I want points. <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> no points." Yeah. The amount of money I spent, I'm not going to go to that many concerts. Anytime soon. So yeah. no, I want my money back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went and saw Beartooth with a day to remember. And uh, Caleb's voice was struggling. I mean, he, you could tell his voice was not all there. 
and uh, perhaps he's trying to figure out. I don't know if he drank before they played, but maybe if he did, now he's trying to figure out how to do it without drinking. Because I will say this, man. You have a few cocktails before you play. It loosens you up. It makes things a little bit different. Yeah, I'm sure. I went the longest time without, you know, ever drinking before I played. And then I went through a streak where it's like, that's all we did was drink before we played. Mm -hmm. And then we saw a video and we're like, Ooh, that's not good. Maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. And I remember we, we had a show and uh, we made it a point to say it on stage. Like, yeah, guys, we stayed sober. We haven't had a drop. And then people just started flinging booze at us. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, like tossing a shot of vodka up at my face. Um, But yeah, he he was struggling a little bit. But I'll tell you this. I have a ton of respect for that band because in him especially, he doesn't use an overwhelming amount of vocal tracks to cover his mistakes. And his mistakes were noticeable. And if there were tracks running, you wouldn't even be able to tell. And I remember he was... uh, so before one of the songs and he was trying to get crowd participation, he's like, I want you to sing this. And some dickhead behind me was like, it's because you suck. And I was like, oh, God, why does it always have to be somebody? And why are you there? I don't Unless he's just but, like just there for a day to remember. I don't know. But uh, you know, I was having the conversation with someone there. Bad Omens opened up that show, which I don't know if you know anything about them, but. Mm-mm. You know, I made the comparison. I was like, yeah, Caleb's having a rough night, but he's powering through it and it's not hidden or, you know, it's not being cleaned up by vocal tracks. And I was like, that was like the one thing I said about bad omens. Like I like, I enjoyed it. The songs are cool and it sounded amazing, but you don't know where fake and real ends or begins with, with half the shit. Yeah. You know, like it was just too perfect. And I was there with other musicians and we were all talking about it and, one of them was like, yeah, dude, if I was on tour right now, I would need all the help I can get. And I was like, yeah, but okay. But when is enough, like, when is enough, like, when is enough, enough is enough. Like, when does that become the thing? Like you, at this point, you just sound different, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's very, it's very weird. So do you, I mean, like a band like Beartooth, do you recommend them using tracks? No. You don't think it matters? They sound fine the way they are. Gotcha. They use tracks, dude. Don't get me wrong. Every band does now. But Caleb especially, you can tell there's a rawness and and an overall authenticity to his voice. Gotcha. And that's why you could hear the fact that he was struggling. Gotcha. I don't have a problem with that, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So... But yeah, that, that interview you're talking about, I, I appreciated that. And he even said something on stage at the show, you know, I'm eight months sober or whatever. And he's like, I'm not preaching. If you guys are partying, you do you, you know, I'm glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, but good for him for noticing what he felt the problem was. Cause that guy, he's been very vocal about battling depression and body anxiety and body issues and all that shit. And he looks great now, dude. Fucking yeah, runs sure. marathons and dude he's shredded so yeah remember we had the conversation like when would you take your shirt off oh yeah yeah that's what i would have to look like for me to do it (laughs) maybe even skinnier than that 
he's not heroin skinny. He's just looks, he's right. shredded. <laughs> um, but yeah, good for him. That was a great show. Good. St. Louis Music Park is the shit. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to see a show there. It's the shit. Riverport, Verizon, whatever it's called now, they're in trouble. You think? They are in trouble. They hold more people, so they're never not, they're, they're going to be fine because they can have the bigger shows, but dude. Well, they're also Live Nation owned, right? I believe so. So here's what I did for this show. And this is super boring to anyone who doesn't live here, but I, I took an Uber to the show. Uh, they have a, you know, it's where the blues practice. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So you, where the ice rink is, I walk in and there's like a three, one, four bar or whatever. So I grabbed a bite to eat and a beer before the show. You walk right out. You don't even have to go outside. You walk down a tunnel or down a hallway to the gates and you just check in. And there's like not a bad seat in the house. It's really easy, like easy access to everything. And yeah, dude, it's the shit. The factory in St. Louis, St. Louis Music Park. It, there's no reason to go anywhere else. Like I want every show to go to those two venues now. And those are the two newest places yeah. around the St. Louis area. Yeah. But people were saying the same thing about the pageant. I remember when the pageant opened up, everybody was like, oh my God, this is, we have this. Because St. Louis didn't have anything like that up to that point. Yeah. We had our, our grimy venues and, you know, but we didn't have anything like corporate. I call it corporate. And I, I mean that in the nicest way possible, like corporate venues like that, you know, but is, is Delmore Hall owned by the pageant? It's the same owners. Yes, it is. Okay. That's what I thought. I believe it's Joe, whatever his name is that owns a lot of the shit in the loop. Joe, he owns Blueberry Hill and. Oh, dang, really? The same guy Joe, for Blueberry Hill? Joe too? Edwards. Joe Edwards. Okay. Hmm. Why don't I fact check myself since I live in this fucking city? <laughs> Who owns? Oh, yeah. Joe Edwards. Patrick Hagen and Joe Edwards. And they do own Delmar Hall, too. Okay. What does Joe Edwards own? Edwards started the Walk of Fame, leaving his footprint, starts the uh, loop. He also owns Peacock Diner, Pinup Bowl, The Pageant, Delmar Hall, and Moonrise Hotel. Dude, he owns all of the loop. Yeah. Holy but if cow. you saw him, if you saw him, I guarantee you wouldn't know it was him. Really? You'd be like, who's that homeless guy? <laughs> he used to come in, he used to come into the bar I worked at sometimes. Way back in the day. Huh. Wonder where he's got all his money from. I've heard stories about it, but I don't fucking know, dude. I got you. He he he's like a hippie-ish dude. He's like a long ponytail, drives a fucking convertible, like an old fucking Buick Skylark or something like that. Like <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't look like a guy that would own all this property and like basically own an entire you know entertainment district in the city. Right. But uh yeah, I, I grew up knowing who he was and the like the legend of Joe Edwards because my dad was a firefighter in U City. So okay. you heard all of the fucking the legends and the tales and the horror stories and the fucking yeah. So I don't know. Gotcha. Well, we got a few minutes left here for we need to roll out. So what do you want to go over? You want to talk about Deshaun Watson and the eleven game suspension? 
No, there's nothing to talk about. Don't want to talk Eight about rounds. it? Eight rounds. Go it. get Jimmy G. That's all I can say. If they get Jimmy G, do you think it'll be just like a one-year deal? Yeah. See, and see how things roll? For one year, yes. Because yes. at this point, you, Jimmy just needs out of San Fran. Yeah, I mean, you rent him for the season. Yeah. That's what you do. That's it. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, if they do do that, I don't necessarily want Deshaun in week 11. Okay. What if the Browns are eight and two? Right. Do you really take Jimmy G out? What if they're eight and two with Jacoby? Do you really take him out and replace him with Deshaun Watson? Right. But man, that's a crap. That's such a shitty situation for the Browns, though, because all that money and they're on, they're guaranteed. Fine. We're eight and two. I don't give a fuck about your money. I know you don't care. I don't give a fuck about your money. I want to win a Super Bowl. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Here, I want to. I want to play you something. Okay. So I'm. Not, I'm gonna give you no lead into this. Can you? Can you see my screen? I can. Yep. Have you seen this documentary, "The Most Hated Man on the Internet"? No. Did who, who is the most hated man on the internet? His name is Hunter Moore. I don't Brandon know. Brandon Schaub just went like this. Oh, <laughs> I remember this guy. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I'm I'm curious how if any other person besides Joe Rogan said that. I wonder what Brandon Schaub's reaction would be to that he'd probably sue them and try to get them pulled off youtube the whole reason i brought that up is just you did you watch that documentary i did did you finish it i did what are your thoughts Ugh. my thoughts are so let's explain what we're talking about yeah, go ahead. So there's a documentary on netflix called the most hated man on the internet uh-huh. and believe me when i saw the little you know thing on netflix i was like care about that and then i started hearing about it on podcast and i heard the name hunter moore i actually was that clip and i go oh my god i remember that guy that's who that's about i immediately was like babe i know what we're watching tonight to my wife this is what we're watching and we binged it you know back to back to back uh because i remember that website i remember everything so essentially the documentary is about a guy who started a website in the mid 2000s 2010s which really was just a douchebag website that exploited women, essentially. I mean, that's the best way to put it. It didn't start that way. It started as a scene website, and that's what he really wanted it to be. He was a, a not he was an untalented guy who was in the scene but didn't have any musical talents or any like. He's basically just a D, like, a DJ, right? Yeah. Well, that's use that if, term. Loosely. If that. He didn't have any real talents to to like contribute to the scene, so he started this website. And what started as a dick pic website. So like you would basically exploit band dudes on, that's how I remember it. That's how I heard about it. And I saw people that I knew on that website. Oh really? Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was just like, Oh fuck. I probably never will be, but I really hope I don't end up on this website. That would suck. Uh, and there was a, and then there was a St. Louis based version of that kind of different, but it was called up all night, I think, or out all night or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was basically designed to exploit C list celebrities in St. Louis. What is, what is a C list celebrity? You really want to make me do that? Yeah. No, I can't. I can't. 
Uh, it would be people you would see out at clubs all the time or okay. see out at bars all the time. Or, okay. But also radio personalities and band members. And, okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I remember. So anyway, I asked you what you thought about it and I just totally. But so that's what the, the documentary is about this guy who ran the website. And it was basically about people trying to take it down and just trying to take him down. Yeah. And, and get the side pulled because it was, you know, ruining people's lives, women's lives. Anyway, right. The men, I don't feel sorry for. You took a dick pic, boot, you sent it, like, whatever. Go ahead. What are your thoughts? I mean, you pretty much went over everything that, like, what it actually is. No, but what is your reaction to it? Like, like you sent me a text message and it made me laugh out loud. <laughs> I was hoping it was. So there, there's a girl in there called the butthole girl. That's what she is known for. And I just told you that a sentence that I never thought I would have to say in my life is that the butthole girl might be the dumbest girl on the planet. Because she she got that name from sticking stuff up her butt and yeah. being on that website. And then now she's crying on TV because her uh, baby daddies are wanting to take her kids away from her. I think the worst part of that documentary was me learning that she had children, which was a bummer. <laughs> It is a bummer, isn't it? But I tried to feel I I do feel sorry for her. Here's why. Long time ago we talked about having a good support system and people raising you right, like teaching you right from wrong and just kind of giving you the the values and the morals and the skills and the education and the overall knowledge to like move on in life. I she never had that. Yeah. Clearly. That's true. While she is dumb, and perhaps one of the dumbest people I've ever seen, <laughs> I do feel bad a little bit. A little bit. But at the same time, this was the very start of, you got to remember, this was before social media really took off. Right. And that, that's what I was going to say is like, the majority of why this is, ha like all this happened was because there wasn't really any laws around this stuff yet. No. Like he pretty much got away with whatever he wanted to until lawyers got involved and stuff. And it, if it wasn't for the hacking stuff, he probably never would have gotten in trouble at all. He would have been fine. Yeah. At the time, not today, but at the time he would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. Had there been no, so he was getting sued for a majority, uh, not a majority, uh, a variety of different things, all of which came down to, uh, slander because it was publicized things about people and you know they would post pictures of girls with their tops off or girls showing their asses or girls showing their vaginas girls doing sexual acts on themselves and you know what really made the site go were all of the shitheads like this guy who would go on the site and leave comments what a slut stupid slut stupid blah 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 blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and he built like this army of internet followers that again like this is pre-social media this is what you had to do if you wanted to like and this was a real thing mm -hmm. you remember i talked about how like lincoln park got really successful because they would go into chat rooms and they would yep. chat like that's what this was yeah uh and it's very scary i'm sure very scary. yeah scary in the sense that like wow there are so many dumb people out there just like lost people that mm -hmm. are so easily 
persuaded and influenced and motivated by a guy for real. The guy's name is Hunter Moore. And he literally did nothing. Like, this was his claim to fame, right? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he was a shithead. I mean, he said outrageous things. He made outrageous tweets. You know, this is before, again, like you said, you could really get in trouble for any of this shit. Yeah. You know, um, but that was his thing. And believe me, he did start in some way like an internet revolution. I knew people here that tried to be like that guy. Really? That you use the sensationalist sort of like approach on the internet would just say outrageous things and do outrageous things to try to get attention. It only works every once in a while. Like you can't copycat someone so many times and expect to be successful. And there are many people that tried, believe me. Um, it's very interesting though. Well, I, I think the biggest thing though, like he just had no kind of like the Woodstock 99 dudes had no remorse or empathy, anything. He just was, you know, whatever, like I did it and I don't feel sorry for it, but he's such a poser and like a coward. Like he, he settled with that, that guy who tried to take the site down. And then afterwards he went on like a podcast or something or a radio show. It was like, yeah, fuck that guy. I'll fuck his girlfriend in front of him or something. I'm like, guy ever learns right but could you imagine how many counts of different things he would have gotten in trouble for now by doing that i mean on top of the hacking but on top of you know apparently having underage girls on there as well you know that stuff uh that that didn't fly well that was the biggest thing and and i think like you still see this today or you have seen it up till today you know, with a website like that, he didn't necessarily have the fine print, but he didn't have to because they were, it was a voluntary, I'm going to submit pictures of myself or so on and so forth. And then when it started, other people are going to submit pictures of me. How do I get them taken down? So they had like a thing where it's like, oh, if you ask, we'll take them down. But then he got smart and he started adding fine print to the website that people didn't read. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember a case, uh, against eBay. I think I was actually telling my wife this as we're watching it, but a case against eBay, a big, you know, court case against eBay where dude was a lawyer. He was an eBay user and he purchased something from another eBay user and left some negative comments about the person he purchased it from. So that person responded to those comments, basically being like, this guy is a liar. I followed blah, 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 protocol. Take this person off eBay. Now, eBay didn't take the person off, but the guy who left the original post about how the seller was shitty said, oh, this is this is a slander. You need to take this down immediately. eBay's like, we're not taking this down. Like, this is a community thing. You guys agreed into this. You can leave comments about each other. I'm not. Ta- we're not taking it down. Mm-hmm. So this this dude, tr- who by the way is a lawyer, mm-hmm. tried to sue eBay, and eBay won because of the fine print that said basically because they are a, an internet publication, internet companies are not liable for community driven conversations. Or I can't remember what the law exactly states or the the fine print exactly states, but they they were they were protected. 
It's just, it's just um, so crazy that people dig in so hard on stupid shit that you're going to spend the money to try to sue over a couple of negative comments. I, I mean, the more embarrassing thing with that is this guy was a lawyer. And right. He didn't. He failed to like recognize any of this. <laughs> yeah. He, he found, he tried to find a loophole and I'll have to go back and look at it. It was interesting because I read up on this quite a bit, but he tried to find a loophole where uh, I'd have to look at it again, man. Um, but there were certain things that he did find. So he contested and contested and contested and argued against it. And like, when you read it, you're like, Oh, that kind of makes sense. But then eBay was always like, Hey, but what about the fine print? Right. And the court always went back to the, well, you signed into this agreement. You, you did it like eBay didn't force you. So mm-hmm. with that site, that's like something that that's why you see that fine print now. That's why you, the, these, these sites are well-oiled machines now. And that guy, again, it was just a scene website. Like you saw like band ads on there and shit like, but Hey, Well, I mean, you know, it's not even that, though. It's like all the other stuff, like the people who have sued because they burned their tongue on coffee and stuff because the the coffee cup didn't say, you know, contents are hot or whatever. And the fact that you can win a lawsuit over stupid, stupid shit like that, it just blows my mind. Right, right, right. Makes no sense. The just the game that is played in courtrooms and like all the different things, like uh, things that like lawyers have to jump through and everything, and just stuff that doesn't to us doesn't seem like it makes any sense. But they right. have they have to go through in a courtroom, and like you can't say this, but you have to say this, and uh, you know when somebody gets on the stand, and you and they can't say that um, you know a specific thing that's not. A, that doesn't exactly pertain to what they're talking about in the courtroom and all that kind of stuff. It just blows my mind. It's just like so weird that I don't know. It's just so weird how it all works. Yeah. Okay. So I found this. So I actually wrote a paper on that eBay thing way back in the day. <laughs> like in school. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, here it is. So like what the dude tried to do, I knew I had it saved. I knew it. <laughs> um, I save all that shit just so I can for conversations like this. Um, but essentially the dude tried to go on this, this section of the rule about, you know, an in, in, in interactive computer service being held liable for any action taken. So like essentially what it said was there's a section that says it does not protect, uh, it doesn't protect the distributor of the information from liability if they knowingly distribute defamatory remarks, right? Okay. Well, and that's what the lawyer kept relying on to, to make his argument. But it's like, again, eBay was like, even if we know that that guy's being defamatory, <laughs> you both signed an agreement that said you can say whatever the fuck you want about each other, right? Now, by, uh, by saying they signed an agreement, you mean they hit a button that said okay on a bunch of shit that they didn't read? Correct. Correct. Which is so crazy, too, because that's like a digital signature by you just clicking on something. It is. And, I, you know, that was one of the arguments I made was or one of the questions I asked is like, is this a case of not reading the fine print or is it a case of the law and eBay's user agreement not coinciding? Meaning one 
kind of overrules the other. It, they don't have to, I guess, was the biggest point. They don't have to overrule each other. Yeah. Uh, because the user agreement protects you from the law, you know? Mm-hmm. And the law should tell you that you should pay attention to the fucking user agreement that you yourself signed. Which, so, I mean, think of how many user agreements everybody just hits okay on or, oh my God. you know, on everything. Everything through, yeah. you know, on our phones. The worst every, is TikTok. Everything, everything. The worst is TikTok. TikTok, like... I bet, I, bet, I, bet okay, the fine, I bet the fine print on TikTok has to be ridiculous. They have access to your information. They have access to your keystrokes. They have access to so much shit. Seriously. Yeah. Google it later. I'm not even going to try to get into it because <laughs> I don't even know all of it. My dumbass has TikTok for our stupid well, show. Well, but okay, so is that why, I guess it was like a year ago maybe or so, you started getting different notifications. Like there was a security up- update type of thing that happened on iPhones where now if you down, I think if you download a certain app, um, it will pop up and ask if you will allow them to track and you can hit no. Oh yeah. Or I always hit no. Yeah. I always hit no. I always hit don't allow. Yeah. But I wonder like, why would you even hit yes? Or is this just the, just the loophole that they've always had because there was never something like this that was put in front of people's faces that says, Hey, do you want them to track? Cause if not hit yeah. no. And yeah, and also yeah. I wonder it doesn't even freaking work. Like whether I hit yes or no, does it matter? Probably not. No. Right. No. I mean, let's be honest. No. Yeah. But that, that might be, maybe that's a topic for the next show. The, the TikTok user agreements are insane. I'm sure. We should warn the world. But uh, yeah, everyone go check out The Most Hated Man on the Internet. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And the one thing I didn't get to watch yet is Heavy Metal Parking Lot. I'm going to watch that before next episode. Okay. I mean, you're not going to have much to say other than ha. <laughs> but it's worth the watch, dude. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, you don't want me to tell you what it's about, right? No. I want to watch okay. and be surprised. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right.